In 1951, the Gibson Guitar Corporation realized that it needed an electric guitar to compete with the Telecaster. Gibson called its guitar the Les Paul in honor of the inventor of the log. But the Les Paul guitar looked absolutely nothing like the log. It was made from rich mahogany wood and was covered with metallic gold paint. The Les Paul had a darker, richer sound than a Fender guitar. The Les Paul was also heavier. The new guitar's heavy body and humbucking pickups soon made the Les Paul a favorite of rock guitarists. It sounded great at high volumes. As bands began to play through bigger and bigger amps, the Les Paul helped shape the sound of rock. Rock and Roll Radio The disc jockey, DJ, Alan Freed, played R&B and rock records on the radio throughout the 1950s. Freed was one of the first DJs to send the sounds of the electric guitar directly into people's homes. He helped expose millions of people to African-American musicians such as Chuck Berry. White audiences had never heard Berry's music before. Before the 1950s, the many styles of music played by African-Americans were often lumped together as race music. Record companies had invented the term race music as a way to label jazz and blues records. The term reflected the racially biased attitudes many whites held at the time. It was first used in an advertisement in 1922. Since many white teenagers avoided race records, Freed gave this music and others a new name, rock and roll. Rock and roll may have originally been an urban slang term for sexual activity, but most of Freed's listeners didn't know the earlier meaning. Freed is believed to be the first person who applied the term to music. The guitarist Chuck Berry was one of rock's pioneers. Berry was a blues musician who played to racially mixed audiences. Some historians believe that rock and roll didn't truly begin until Berry recorded the song Maybelline in 1955. With the snappy electric blues of Maybelline, Berry almost single-handedly invented the sound of rock guitar. Famous rock guitarists such as Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones started making music after listening to Chuck Berry records. In the late 50s, Berry recorded a series of songs that would become all-time classics, including Roll Over Beethoven, 1956, and Johnny B. Good, 1958. Every rock and roll record since then, from the Beatles to the Black Keys, owes a debt to Chuck Berry. Hail to the King In 1954, a young truck driver wandered into Sun Studio in Memphis, Tennessee. He asked producer, the person who supervises recording, Sam Phillips, to help him cut a record. Phillips was skeptical, but eventually he agreed. The young man's name was Elvis Presley. A few years later, Phillips had recorded the original version of Rocket 88. Phillips also discovered other early rockers, such as Jerry Lee Lewis and Roy Orbison. But Sam Phillips's name will forever be associated with Elvis Presley. Sun Studio recorded 25 songs by Presley in 1954. In 1955, Phillips sold Presley's recording contract to the company RCA Victor. RCA released Presley's first album, Elvis Presley, in 1956. Five of the album's songs went to number one. Presley had more than a dozen top 40 hits in the space of a single year. He became the king of rock and roll. Elvis Presley played a mixture of gospel, blues, and a form of electric country music called rockabilly. His good looks helped him cross over into movies. His leather jacket style helped inspire the Beatles' early look, and his songs would soon be covered, played, by hundreds of musicians. Not everyone was happy about Presley's success. 
African-American musicians had written some of the songs he performed. Presley sold millions of records, but the people who wrote those songs didn't share equally in Elvis's success. The issue of unfair payments would continue in the music business for decades. Tutti Frutti times two. Little Richard was a 1950s suburban parent's nightmare, an African-American performer who screamed like the devil and sometimes dressed like a woman on stage. Little Richard Penniman's father had kicked him out of their Georgia home at the age of 16. After leaving home, Little Richard became one of music's earliest rock stars. Little Richard knew how to put on a show. He would pound on his piano, shouting and hollering. He'd mimic the sound of the drums with his voice. He'd even roll on the ground. In 1955, Little Richard cut a record called Tutti Frutti. It was the wildest thing many listeners had ever heard. The original lyrics of Tutti Frutti were too explicit for 1950s radio. The song's producer hired another songwriter...